Chapter eighteen of Danny's Own Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Danny's Own Story by Don Marquis. Well, we had pork and greens for dinner that day, with the best cornbread I ever eat anywheres, and buttermilk and sweet potato pie. We got him at the house of a feller named Withers, old Daddy Withers which if they was ever a nicer old man than him or a nicer old woman than his wife i never run across em yet they lived all alone them witherses with only a couple of niggers to help them run their farm after we eats our dinner and sam gets his'n out to the kitchen we sets out in front of the house and gets to talking with them and gets real well acquainted which we soon found out the secret of old daddy withers's life that there innocent-looking old jigger was a poet he was kind of proud of it and kind of ashamed of it both to once it the way it come out was when the doctor says one of them quotations he is always getting off and the old man looks pleased and says the rest of the piece it dropped out of straight through then they had a great time quoting it at each other them two and i seen the doctor is good to loaf around there for the rest of the day like as not purty soon the old lady begins to get mighty proud looking over something or other and she leans over and whispers to the old man shall i bring it out lemuel the old man he shakes his head no but she slips into the house anyhow and fetches out a little book with a pale green cover to it and hands it to the doctor bless my soul says dr kirby looking at the old man you don't mean to say you write verse yourself the old man he gets red all over his face and up into the roots of his white hair and down into his white beard and makes believe he is a little mad at the old lady for showing him off that away mother he says you shouldn't have done that they had had a boy years before and he had died but he always called her mother the same as if the boy was living he goes into the house and gets his pipe and brings it out and lights it acting like that book of poetry was a mighty small matter to him but he looks at dr kirby out of the corner of his eyes and can't keep from getting some sort of eager and trembly with his pipe and i could see he was really anxious over what the doctor was thinking of them poems he wrote the doctor reads some of em out loud well it was kind of homemade poetry old daddy withers it was it wasn't like no other poetry i ever struck and i could tell the doctor was thinking the same about it it sounded somehow like it hadn't been jointed together right you would keep listening for it to rhyme and get all worked up and watching and waiting for it too and make bets with yourself whether it would rhyme or it wouldn't and then it generally wouldn't i'd never heard such poetry to get a person's expectances all worked up and then go back on em but if you could have told what it was all about you wouldn't have minded that so much not that you can tell what most poetry is about but you don't care so long as it keeps hopping along lively what you want in poetry to make her sound good according to my way of thinking is to make her jump lively and then stop with a bang on the rhymes but daddy withers was so independent like he would just naturally try to force two words to rhyme whether the lord made em for mates or not like as if you would try to make a couple kids kiss and make up by bumping their heads together they just simply won't do it but dr kirby he let on like he thought it was fine poetry and he read them pieces over and over again out loud and the old man and the old woman was both mighty tickled with the way he done it he wouldn't have had em know for anything he didn't believe it was the finest poetry ever wrote dr kirby wouldn't there was four little books of it all together slim books that looked as if they hadn't had enough to eat like a stray cat whose ribs is rubbing together it had cost daddy withers five hundred dollars apiece to get him published a feller in boston charged him that much he said it seems he would go along for years raking and scraping of his money together so as to get enough ahead to get out another book each time he had his hopes the big newspapers would maybe pay some attention to it and he would get recognized 
but they never did said the old man kind of sad it always fell flat why father the old lady begins and finishes by running back into the house again she is out in a minute with a clipping from a newspaper and hands it over to dr kirby as proud as a kid with the copper-toed boots the doctor reads it all the way through and then he hands it back without saying a word the old lady goes away to fiddle around about the housework pretty soon and the old man looks at the doctor and says well you see don't you yes says the doctor very gentle i wouldn't have her know for the world said daddy withers i know and you know that the newspaper piece is simply poking fun at my poetry and making a fool of me the whole way through as soon as i read it over careful i saw it wasn't really praise though there was a minute or two i thought my recognition had come but she don't know it ain't serious from start to finish she was almighty pleased when that piece came out in print and i don't intend she shall ever know it ain't real praise his wife was so proud when that piece came out in the new york paper he said and she cried over it she said now she was glad they had been doing without things for years and years so they could get them little books printed one after the other for now fame was coming but sometimes daddy withers says he suspicions she really knows he has been made a fool of and is pretending not to see it for his sake the same as he is pretending for her sake well they was a mighty nice old couple and the doctor done a heap of pretending for both their sakes they wasn't nothing else to do how'd you come to get started at it he asks daddy withers says he don't rightly know maybe he says it was living there all his life and watching things growing watching the cotton grow and the corn and getting acquainted with birds and animals and trees and things helping of things to grow he says is a good way to understand how god must feel about humans for what you plant and help grow he says you are sure to get caring a heap about you can't help it and that is the reason he says god can be depended on to pull the human race through in the end even if appearances do look to be again his doing it sometimes for he started it to growin in the first place and that away he got interested personal in it and that is the main idea he says he has all of the time been trying to get into that there poetry of his'n but he reckons he ain't got her in leastways he says no one has ever seen her there but the doctor and the old lady and himself well for my part i would never have seen it there myself but when he said it out plain like that any one could have told what he meant you hadn't order lay things up again folks if the folks can't help em and i will say daddy withers was a fine old boy in spite of his poetry which it never really done any harm except being expensive to him and lots will drink that much up and never figure it an expense but one of the necessities of life we went all over his place with him and we noticed around his house a lot of tin cans tacked up to posts and trees they was for the birds to drink out of and all the birds round here had found out about it and about daddy withers and wasn't scared of him at all he could get acquainted with animals too so that after a long spell sometimes they would even let him handle them but not if anyone was around they was a crow he had made a pet of used to hop around in front of him and try fur to talk to him if he went to sleep in the front yard whilst he was reading the crow had a favorite trick of stealing his spectacles off in his nose and flying up to the ridge pole of the house and cawing at him once he had been setting out a row of tomato plants very careful and he got to the end of the row and turned around and that there crow had been hopping along behind very solemn pulling up each plant as he had set it out it acted like it had done something mighty smart and knowed it that crow so after that the old man named him satan for he said it was satan's trick to keep things from growing they was some blue and white pigeons wasn't scared to come and set on his shoulders but you could see that the old man really liked that crow satan better than any of them well we hung around all afternoon listening to the old man talk and liking him better and better first thing we knowed it was getting along toward supper time and nothing would do but we must stay to supper too we was pinted toward a place on the railroad called smithtown but when we found we couldn't get a train from there till ten o'clock that night anyhow 
and it was only three miles away, we said we'd stay. After supper we calculated we'd better move. But the old man wouldn't hear of us walking that three miles, so about eight o'clock he hitched up a mule to a one-hoss wagon and we jogged along. There was a yaller moon sneaking up over the edge of the world when we started. It was so low down in the sky that it threw long shadders on the road, and they was thick and black ones, too. Because they was a lot of trees alongside the road, and the road was narrow, we went ahead mostly through the darkness, with here and there patches of moonlight splashing onto the ground. Dr. Kirby and old man Withers was sitting on the seat, still gassing away about books and things, and I was sitting on the suitcase in the wagon box right behind him. Sam, he was sometimes in the back of the wagon. He had been more'n half asleep all afternoon, but now it was night he was waked up, the way niggers and cats'll do, and every once in a while he would get out behind and cut a few capers in a moonlight patch, just for the enjoyment of it, and then run and catch up with the wagon and crawl in again, for it was going party slow. The ground was sandy in spots, and I guess we made a pretty good load for Beck, the old mule. She stopped, going up a little slope, after we had went about a mile from the Withers's. Sam says he'll get out and walk, for the wheel's in pretty deep, and it was hard going. Get up, Beck, said the old man. But Beck, she won't. She don't stand like she is stuck, neither, but like she senses danger somewheres about. A hoss might go into danger, but a mule is more careful of itself and never goes button in unless it feels sure they is a way out. Get up, says the old man again. But just then the shatters on both sides of the road comes to life. They wakes up and moves all about us. It was done so sudden and quiet it was half a minute before I seen it wasn't shatters, but about thirty men had gathered all about us on every side. They had guns. "'Who are you? What do you want?' asked the old man, startled, as three or four took care of the mule's head very quick and quiet. "'Don't be scared, Daddy Witters,' says a drawly voice out of the dark. "'We ain't going to hurt you.' "'We got a little matter of business to tend to with them two fellers you toting into town.'" End of chapter 18